Red Dice Diaries podcast, a rambling journey through the wonderful world of RPGs by a longtime GM and player. The music at the start of this podcast is Shinigami by Tarek, used under Creative Commons license. To start out this episode, I'm going to be answering, first of all, a few messages I've received from people. Thanks very much for leaving us some voicemail messages. I really love listening to them. We're going to start off first with one by Colin from the Spike Pit. Take it away, Colin. Hi, John. It's Colin, Spike Pit. Just calling in regarding your episode on combat. I really like the format where uh, you, you sit down with the guys and just uh, mull over and chew over the, a subject. You know, focusing your thoughts on combat was a definite good move. Uh, I never thought I'd say it, but uh, I actually thought Lloyd was a little bit quiet. Maybe something to do with the levels. Uh, who would think you'd ever be struggling to hear him? <laughs> Anyways... Um, yeah, great one. Keep up the good work. I look forward to hearing more in the future, mate. Bye then. Glad you enjoyed the the group recording of the podcast, Colin. Thanks very much for leaving your message. And yes, I've got to hold my hand up and say that part of the reason Lloyd's voice is so quiet in that particular recording is my fault. I had the gain set far too high up on my microphone, so my voice was really boomingly loud, whereas Lloyd's was probably actually at normal volume. So when I equalised the volume out, it made Lloyd a lot quieter. So I've been fiddling around with the sound for that in more recent recordings, and hopefully we've got that sorted out now. The whole idea of broadcasting the sort of podcast recordings live and uncut to Twitch seems to be well received and we've recorded a few others since then we're hoping maybe like once every couple of Wednesday evenings to get a few of us together sit down and like talk around over and under a topic and then as I've done with these record them edit them down and put them on the podcast so hopefully that's something we'll be doing in the future but like I say thanks for leaving your message Colin and glad you enjoyed the episode And next we've got a message from Darren, who is talking about things that he looks for in a game. Hi John, Arfed here, just calling in about your recent podcast. Um, When I'm looking for a new game now, um, one of the main things is new mechanics, um, something that hasn't been done yet. However small that might be, just a a new way to do combat, obviously, um, um, a new way to work out equipment, usable items, things like that that I've been seeing recently, armour, different ways of doing things like that. Um, I'm always looking for the character creation. Again, something easy, but it's interesting for the players and the growth of their players as as they go through the game and experience and things like that. And um, I'm looking personally for a game system that I don't need to hack too much and fits into the world that it's designed with. So just a few opinions. Thanks. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Darren. It is always a big selling point for a, a game when it's got a mechanic that does something interesting or approaches something in a novel way, particularly if that enhances the feeling of whatever campaign world is being described in some way. Now, when I first started out, I would have said that I was someone who was looking for like really low mechanics or really light games. But as I've sort of gone along with role playing and I've 
been exposed to more games. I think I've reached the point where I do like a certain level of crunch, if you want to call it that, in games, but I like it to be a justified level. I don't want endless streams of rules if they're not adding to the game. I want enough mechanics so it reinforces and gives a flavor of the game world and provides a nice framework in the background for whatever we're doing, but I want it to be just that, a framework in the background. I don't want every five minutes to be having to look in a book and flip through for some ridiculous subsystem about things. I just want I suppose I'm chasing that sort of elusive, like, perfect level of crunch that can fade into the background when it's not needed. Thanks very much for your message, Darren. Hope you're enjoying the podcasts and that you find a game that fits those criteria and works right for you. Next up in the voicemail postbag, we have a message from Robert Groves about the episode I did concerning my five RPG commandments. Take it away, Robert. Hey, John, this is Robert from DM Dad. Um, you're really speaking my language with your uh, your RPG commandments, um, especially the lore thing and backstory and stuff. You know, um, I, I want to start running the game as fast as possible and as soon as possible, so I don't need to be plowing through a bunch of prosy text, you know, before I get to do that. Plus, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, alter that stuff anyway and bring my own flavor and style to it so let's just get to the get to the how we actually play the game and even the art stuff you know i mean we all we all like good art in our rpgs but uh a lot of a lot of times art and stuff is only ever seen by the game master anyway so let's make sure that you know we we focus on the gaming content that's shareable with the players yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Robert. And at the risk of sounding like this podcast is turning into a carry-on film, I think a lot of the problem with that is that in certain games nowadays, and not all games, but in certain games, the length of text is equated with the worth of it. I.e., the more of something you put into a game, that automatically means it's going to be better. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think... Uh, when it comes to sort of flavor text or in character descriptions or stories or stuff like that or art as we said if it's used judiciously and to highlight the cool great points of a game then it can be really good and it can really sort of bring a game to life and add that extra level to it beyond a certain point i just think it almost becomes gratuitous and it can actually distract from the game the actual system and the fun part of the game which let's face it is actually playing it almost tends to become lost in this sort of like morass of like often quite mushy sort of written text and a kaleidoscope of artwork i think keeping it sort of to a minimum but using it well is really the sort of holy grail of like artwork and in character flavor text for me when it comes to games thanks very much for your message robert glad you enjoyed the episode so let's crack on with the mainstay of today's episode which is going to be talking about running a city or a town in an rpg like you would run a dungeon now i've been thinking about this a lot recently because my lamentations of the flame princess middlelands campaign rose of west haven that runs on alternating sundays so two sessions a month 
we've been looking at it recently. We've been thinking that how long it's going to take the characters to actually gain a level. Uh, and that seems to be especially because the a lot of the OSR games are sort of based on the idea of going into dungeons, killing stuff there, defeating monsters, getting cash, etc. Um, specifically, Lamentations of the Flame Princess, you get XP for defeating enemies and for getting cash in the default rules assumptions. And that's the case for a lot of OSR games. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but certainly in the, the Rose of Westhaven campaign I'm running, there's a lot of sort of social manoeuvring going on, a lot of sort of urban exploration, talking with NPCs, stuff like that, all of which is great fun to play, and I love seeing my players talking to the various NPCs and acting out their characters and going on all sort of crazy side quests and stuff like that but in terms of actual XP you get based on the system it doesn't really give you that much bang for your buck so to speak now the obvious answer for this would be for me to just go all right okay you also get XP for X, Y, and Z, and give some additional XP out for like story rewards or whatever, if you want to call it that. But we've been very much trying to fit stuff into using like mainly the default Lamentations rules with just like a few house rules and bits and pieces on top. So whilst it's possible that in the future I might add some sort of story XP awards, I think these are always a little bit more difficult to adjudicate and they require a lot of sort of thinking on the fly and sort of making stuff up as you go along all of which i'm happy with you know I mean, it's, a, it's a great skill set for any osr gm to have but i wanted to see if there was a different way that i could make this work and make sure the players get their xp without me just giving them watches of xp for different things and one of the ways i'm thinking about trying to do this and i'm going to be trying this in tomorrow's session is to treat a city or a town like a dungeon and part of this thought was spurred on by the vornheim complete city kit for lamentations which is an excellent book if you're looking at doing any sort of osr urban adventures i highly recommend you grab a hold of a copy of that and obviously it does describe key locations in the the vornheim setting which is the city described in it but there's also a lot of other good stuff you can take for your own cities in there one of the bits i particularly like is the urban crawl rules and this is based around the idea of creating the city as a dynamic interesting place to explore and keeping it mysterious so when you go into a dungeon one of the great things about it is you don't have like a map of the whole dungeon the dungeon is like unveiled as you explore it and the Vornheim city toolkit suggests that you do that and it gives a number of ways you can do that including an interesting idea where you can draw out like an abstract street map by writing down a series of numbers but writing the words and sort of joining them up together and using them as a an impromptu street layout and mapping out the neighborhood so that's something i'm going to try and do effectively the idea that each time the player characters go to a different district rather than just saying oh yeah you go to the market district you meet some traders there yada 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 what i want to do is use these actual urban crawling rules to make each sort of track through the city almost like a sort of mini adventure in its own right along with random encounters treasure combat encounters 
NPC encounters, all the sort of normal stuff you'd find in a dungeon, but fit into an urban environment. And I think that the Vornheim City book is going to be a great way for that. And it also gives you some great additional tools like um, mapping out impromptu floor plans for buildings etc and i've got my table fables book of random tables and as well as raging swan presses like urban dressing book which i'm going to use as well now one of the potential issues with this is normally when i run a, a game for my roads of westhaven campaign i have all the maps sort of set out in advance in roll 20. now this isn't really going to be possible if i'm just sort of like freestyling it so but we've recently started to use the the Zoom program to handle the sort of video conferencing side of things. And that actually has a really cool whiteboard feature in it that you can use to do quick sketches. And Johannes Pavola used that to great effect recently in our final V20 session of his finite game that we were running where he mapped out a combat for us very quickly and very sort of sketchily but it was a really handy reference point so i think what i'm going to try in tomorrow's session is i'm going to try and maybe keep the roll 20 for the dice rolls etc but not worry so much about the maps and just try using this whiteboard to sketch out things it'll be a little more a little bit more ad hoc probably a little bit more chaotic but hopefully it should enable us to not only make the, the city feel more interesting, but should also enable us to let the players get that experience that they should be getting under the default Lamentations of the Flame Princess system. So that's it for this episode. If you have any questions or suggestions for things you'd like to see in the podcast in future, please either email them to reddicediaries at gmail.com or drop me a voicemail at Anchor. Until I see you next time, whenever you're playing, take care and enjoy yourself.